You're listening to Everything's Totally Fine. Each episode, we bring you people who share stories about their lives. I'm Allie Hawk, and I'll be your host. So keep listening to hear about the times we pretend everything's totally fine. My guest for this episode is a director and teacher at UCB in LA. He recently directed a Game of Thrones musical parody at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in Scotland. John Flynn is going to start us off with a story from a few years ago. I was living in New York and I was doing performing a lot at this piano bar. I was doing a, one of my one-person shows at the time. I think the one, it was called Wildly Inappropriate Songs. It was just me doing goofy songs. Mm-hmm. And uh, one night I was doing a show and this woman came up to me and she was like, Hey, um, I'm the president of the Barry Manilow fan club. And every year we throw a, what we call Barry's birthday bash. And Barry always comes. I think you'd be great for it. And I want you to know, I want to know if you would be a part of it. And, you know, I made the classic mistake of saying yes before finding out exactly what it was. Because there was part of me that was like, hey, who knows? Like, I... Like I like I don't care about Barry Manilow. Like I'm very Barry Manilow neutral. I don't hate him. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what does he sing? Uh, he he had like uh, what are his songs? Um, I can't smile without you. Um, Copacabana. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. What us? Uh, I write the songs. You know, I write the songs that make the young girls cry. Yes. I think yeah, that's yeah, him. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, so what she wanted me to do was the, she, there were three numbers she wanted me to do. There's this one. There's a duet that uh, Barry Manilow does or did in the 70s with um, Lily Tomlin. Cool. And it was called The Last Duet. It's like a breakup sort of disco-y song. But, and as you can imagine, uh, <laughs> any song with Barry Manilow and Lily Tomlin is going to be like thick with sexual tension. <laughs> so she wanted me to do so I did that with some other woman. There was a there's a stage version, there's like a stage musical of Copacabana, like that story just expanded. Mm-hmm. And so there's a number from that that the the lead female sings called Man Wanted. Um, it's very sort of like vampy, like man wanted, some uh-huh. handy man wanted, a uh-huh. man, to, you know, like whatever. And then she wanted me to play Lola in Copacabana. Like yeah. they were, someone was going to sing oh. it and they were going to act it out. And she wanted me to be Lola. Wild. Okay. So I was basically, so I was, I was like a little disappointed at first. I was like, or basically I'm just going to be a woman in front of Barry Manilow. Um, right. That'll be weird. Uh, but you know, like, Hey, I got the job. I was very excited. I did all my homework. I worked really hard on it. So then uh, we rehearsed the number and, Right. And so in this <clears throat> performance, I mean, there's rehearsal. There's right. rehearsal. It's not even the day of the party. Right. Yeah. There's rehearsal. I mean, there were music rehearsals beforehand, too, to figure out like how to do the number. So how many rehearsals were there? I th- would say I had one just music rehearsal, like me and the musical director. And mm-hmm. I would say two, like two like rehearsals with like the other people, like the, the woman I was doing the duet with. And then the day of there was tech and then it was the show. So I had a friend who had actually had toured with Barry Manilow years ago. So when I told him I was doing this. He was like, oh, my God. Uh, you know, if his fan club is there, like he's like, be ready. You're going to, it's like a sea of overweight women who are desperate, like who are just in love with Barry Manilow, even though he's clearly homosexual, um, <laughs> but just like think he's like a sex god or something like that. Like he has, he has a huge following like that. Um, it's like really thirsty. Yeah. They're called fanalos. That's nice. That makes sense. <laughs> <Yeah>, uh-huh. <laughs> that gives him some dignity. <laughs> um so the day of the show, we're supposed to go to like tech and I go there and I'm like this, like the venue, I was like, this is a weird, like, I thought it would be like a nice sort of room. It was like a weird, like 
fourth floor in this building and with like a rickety elevator. And I was like, as I was going up there, I was like, I can't imagine Barry Manilow getting on this elevator. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so everyone's there. We run through the tech and everything's fine. But like uh, the woman who's running it, she's like super nervous and she's like pacing and she's like smoking and she's worried. And she's like, I haven't heard from Barry in a couple of days. He might not be here. I don't know. And da da. And so we're like, it's okay, I don't, it's all right. And, th- and then she like, she's, and then she's like, now I have to go get the cake, and I don't know if they got it, if they made the right cake, and something like that. Uh-huh. She's talking about some weird like pudding cake that she wanted to get. Oh and- no! <laughs> and she was wearing this like very like sparkly silver top, like very like, go into the cabaret, go to celebrate Barry Manilow, girls. Yes. Um, so she comes back. It's like an hour before the show, and she's the woman who saw she's you like, performing. Yeah, she's the one you. who like, yeah, she's pr- the producing this whole thing, the head of the fan club. Um, so. Uh, you know, like an hour before the show was supposed to start, like they opened up the venue and like it was, as my friend predicted, just like just a sea of like overweight women. Uh-huh. Um, and I would say fashion wise, they ran the gamut because like some of them were clearly like, this is my night out. We're celebrating Barry. I want to look good. I want to look cute. <laughs> and they had like the spangly top and like their hair done and like they're out with their friends. And there were literally three different women in Garfield sweatshirts. <laughs> <laughs> not together. Not together. No, this is not a theme that they were hitting. <laughs> How many women are, I mean, how many people, I guess, total were there? Uh, I would say maybe like 150. Okay. Wow. That's quite Yeah. A and the, the people who are, the number of people doing the show, there's maybe like 20 of us doing the show. And it's like, it's almost like everyone like doing like two or three numbers, you know, like most, like, and there were some other yeah. group numbers that I wasn't in. Um, and so anyway, so like maybe like half hour before the show, um, uh, the woman who's producing, she like comes back into the dressing room and she's crying She's got like weird like chocolate smeared like on her tits. Oh, what? And she's, what? Like, she's like, Barry's not coming. She fell on the cake. Like she picked up the cake and somehow she was like trying to set it up. She like fell tit first into this pudding cake. So she just had like chocolate pudding smeared all over her tits. And she just was like, I don't like, oh, I don't even want to do this. She's like, she just has a breakdown. She's crying. <laughs> She's like crying because like this all has gone awry. Oh, my God. It's so rare to see a stranger cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were like family at this point. <laughs> anyway, so. so Are you this surprised is- by the news that Barry's not coming at that point i was like he's not coming like honestly like especially when i got to the venue i was like he's not coming right. maybe he came once and they keep acting like he always comes or you know what i mean yes. or maybe in somewhere else but i was like this is not and the elevator had given that away you were <laughs> to like... me, i was like there's no way that this he's gonna be like yeah like he might have pulled up in a limousine looked at the elevator and said no 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 and then got back <laughs> in his limousine like it was that much of a deal breaker um <laughs> So then what ended up happening is there was a Barry Manilow song called One Voice where it's like you just need one voice like in the darkness like supporting you. It's very sort of like this inspirational ballad. Yeah. So they just sing it impromptu acapella in the green room to like get her back up and to rally everyone's spirits. And we're like, we're going to do the show. We do the show. So hang on. (laughs) (laughs) You guys sang acapella, like a musical style, a Barry Manilow song to the president of the Barry Manilow fan club to To, lift her spirits and it worked. Yes. Keep in mind, it was a number that was that did close out the show. So it's not like they spontaneously went into like some like great choral arrangement. (laughs) (laughs) It had been rehearsed. Rehearsed. (laughs) That. That day it was even a magical it, moment. It, was, it was the most perfect alignment of things for that magical moment to happen <laughs> yeah because if you saw it in a show or a movie you'd be like all right they're really they're really gilding the lily uh-huh. but honestly <laughs> in the circumstance it was it was uh, it was authentic yeah so th- so that happened so and that happens that we're like, we're, and of course we're all we're gonna do the show we do the show the show goes great 
Copa Kills. Everyone loves it. We do the. This they is do the, like this is like every like theater kid's dream. <laughs> Except there's no Barry Manilow. <laughs> true, true. But the fact that the show can be saved backstage by a it's number ba- that's in the it's, show. It's very the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> it is very the Muppets. You are right. Um, so then afterwards, like. They, you know, we're like mingling with, with the audience at some point and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, you're so great. You're such a good woman. A, a bunch of women were like, we were told there were going to be cake. There was going to be cake. And then they were told like, oh, unfortunately, someone fell in part of the cake. And they said, that's okay. We'll eat around it. So we served the cake anyway. No yeah. way. <laughs> we did. Oh, no way. Yes. The cake got served. The cake got ate. Around the tit imprint. <laughs> yeah, it was like I'm just one half. It was like the top part of it. So they just had like. The... So, unfortunately, someone fell on the cake. <laughs> oh my god! And then women in Garfield sweaters persisted. <laughs> Still, they persisted. <laughs> wow. So they had cake, and then it was. Was it overall a successful party? Did it seem like people I were mean, happy? Yeah, I mean, sure. It's hard when you're expecting somebody. Like, I heard that Kristen Wiig's favorite bar is El Cid. So every time I go to El Cid, I, I kind of expect to see her there. Oh, gotcha. So I've never had a good night at El Cid. Cause Have it's you just... ever seen her there? No. Okay. So it's just, like, <laughs> always disappointing. She probably went to El Cid once, but a friend of hers is, like, a manager. So she knows uh-huh. that if she says that, then they'll get business. Yeah, it's it worked. Well, it worked. Yeah. I'm, I don't know why I'm so cynical about Kristen Wiig. <laughs> I was like, that's not the truth. She doesn't actually like that bar. That is a lie, and I'm gonna t- I'm gonna expose her right now on your podcast. <laughs> but yeah, it's amazing that people can still have a good time considering. Right. He wasn't meant to perform. He was just meant to be there and be honored. Right. But still, if it's a right. fan club party about him, it seems right. like it'd be a real make or break if he's there. Or if not. He's not in the room. Right. But good for them to be able to like eat around. Yeah, as long as you need the cake. <laughs> as long as there's cake. What could you complain about anything else? And then was the woman <laughs> whose tits were covered in pudding, did the night end up being okay for her? I think I think she I think she viewed it as a triumph. And I hope so. <laughs> it was funny, though, because I guess she didn't have another top. So she just like. <laughs> She like she napkined that top. It was like a, it was like a sequin thing. Yeah, so like, it's a mess of putting in sequins. <laughs> she like it's the but it was still there. You know what I mean? But she you you weren't worried. It wasn't like dripping off of her. But you were like, she's gonna have to get that clean. Or like that might be the last night that top ever gets worn. <laughs> <laughs> John's next story is about edible marijuana, like many stories on this podcast. But he's not actually going to get high. So I was visiting my family in New Jersey, and I brought with me a bunch of uh, pot cookies that I'd actually made myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, um, I would say there were about a dozen of them, and I put them all, there were two to a bag in a Ziploc bag. I put all those Ziploc bags inside a, a Tupperware, mm-hmm. uh, which I kept inside of uh, a bag of mine, which when I got to my parents' house, which is where I was staying, I put that bag on the top shelf of a closet uh, very high up. And I did that because my father has three dogs. Um, their okay. names are uh, Sh- uh, Smitty, Sam, and Addie, and they're um, some kind of Spaniel. They're like very low to the ground. They're lovely dogs. I, I think they're great. They're very, they're very high energy, and they're very like needy. Like they just okay, like demand yeah. attention a lot. They just always want you to be petting them and paying attention to them. Um, my husband says it's like they're like minions. <laughs> yeah. It's like there's these three like creatures that just like constantly just like they're want like, something from you. Yeah. yeah. They're like happy and simple and there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so um, 
so yeah, so I I put it there so that like you know these crazy dogs whatever. So mm-hmm. it was on Christmas Eve. Um, I was hanging out with my two sisters, and one of my sister's friends was there, and she had her two kids with her. Oh God! So we're all hanging out, and then for whatever reason, I went upstairs to the to the room that I was staying in to get something, and uh, one of the dogs, Sammy, has somehow gotten into the room, even though the door was closed, <laughs> into the closet, even though that door was closed, found the bag on the top shelf of the closet how could taking it? it down opened up the tupperware and was like eating the pot cookies like in the plastic bags no like way. obviously you smelled them and just it. i walked into the and i was like furious i was like fuck you <laughs> like i just was like i like you know yelled at him and got him out of there uh i would say about of the dozen cookies i had i had maybe four left that i could still eat so no way he had somewhere between i guess six to eight cookies which would have been like how that would have been cookie, like, one... really high <laughs> really really high especially for like a little dog <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so I'm just, just like one cookie would have gotten you high. Yes, absolutely. Okay, and this dog had eight cookies. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe who knows? So, um, so like, so I'm all pissed and like that fucking dog. But then I like Google dogs and pot, <laughs> and they're like, and basically they're just like, oh, they should be fine. Like they just like just make sure they're hydrated. Like they'll just last out. Like it's not like super poisonous, super bad for them. Like it's just like they'll be fine. Yeah. Basically is what. Yeah. And so do your sister smoke pot? Like, do you have any allies in the house? Uh, yeah. I mean, my father does not. My father is a, is a judge. Um, and (laughs) my mom's a school teacher, but my siblings, uh, have, I don't know if they still actively do, but they have, like, it's sort of fine. Okay. Um, but so, all right. So, so I go back downstairs and my feelings is like, well, I'll just keep an eye on the dog and let's just see how this goes. Right. Cause are you open with your, with your dad? Oh, they know that that with my dad. No. I mean like he knows, but we don't talk about it. Okay. So I go downstairs and, um, we're still hanging out. And then after a while, uh, my sister's friend's son, six-year-old boy, just points to Sammy and he goes, that dog's eyes look weird. And we all look over and Sammy is just like, he's standing there. He seems a little like wobbly, but his eyes are red. Oh my God. Like super, super red. Oh my God, no. And everyone's like, oh my God. And then, you know, my sister's like, oh my God, do, do we think he had something? I'm like, all right, guys. Uh, and I like to, I tell them about what happened. But they're like, how many cookies did you think he had? And I was like... I think maybe three, maybe four. Like, for whatever reason, I didn't want to tell them the number of cookies that he ate. Right. So then everyone gets out their phone and everyone Googles dogs and pot. And everyone's yeah. sort of like, okay, we think it'll be, you know, it's like, all right. He, like, he just has to ride it out, basically. Like, this should put just in a couple hours. He probably should be fine. We'll and, just keep an eye at him. And everyone knows your parents are there for that No, no. My parents were at Costco getting, like, last minute stuff. So it's Christmas Eve. So it's like the afternoon of Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. So as we're all doing this, though, my parents' car pulls up. We see them pull up. Oh, and we're no. like, oh, no, mom and dad are here. And, and so, yeah. Was... How, yeah. How are you feel? How are you feeling? I will say in that moment, I felt like a teenager again because it was uh-huh. literally like, oh, no, mom and dad are here. Like <laughs> something bad is happening. Like when was the last time I was scared of my parents showing up to something? Right. But you were, it was. was it like that deep in your stomach scared? Yeah. It's that like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, what are we going to do? And so my sister's friend like pulls her kids aside and she's like, we're not going to talk about this in front of, you know, these people like that. And you could, and the six year old's like, whatever. But the 10 year old girl who was very sweet, but like mostly very quiet, but you could tell she was like, you guys are in trouble, aren't you? Like she, she like, uh-huh. like didn't fully know what was going on, but she was like, the adults are in trouble with the grandparents. All right. Like she was very like, <laughs> uh-huh. okay, this is interesting. 
<laughs> um, so what happens is one of my sisters just like is holding Sammy. Like he's like like snuggling on her lap, which is a very common thing that he would do. So she's like doing that to be like, oh, Sammy's right here. You know, so like when my dad, because usually when my dad comes home, they all run to him right away. Oh, yeah. So he walks in and he's like, oh, Sammy, he's such a lover. Like he makes a joke about like, oh, Sammy, you know. Yeah. Also, awesome of your sisters to snap right into action. Oh, right into action. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone. So then we're like, all right, we just need to, we, our, our plan at this point is just to buy time. Like we just need to like get this out of the dog system, whatever. Because you're all like, we're like five, six hours away from this. The dog just needs to process yeah, it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're just like, thinking. if we can get, if we can get dad to bed without him uh-huh. knowing, then we'll be fine by tomorrow. Yeah. Right. And it's like, it's Christmas Eve. It's possible we could maybe do this and maybe uh-huh. he'll start to come back earlier. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's just seeming sedated. What's his behavior? He's just sedated. He's just like lying there. Uh huh. You know? Like nothing, <laughs> like, but he's, he's breathing. Like we're like, he's okay. Yeah. Um, so then we're like, all right, how do we distract? Um, like how, we were like, how do we distract our dad from like going outside or doing something that the dogs would, that he would recognize that the dog was not, you know, following him. Mm-hmm. So we decided to watch the movie, the darkest hour. Cause I had a screener for that. Uh-huh. So we were like, Oh, it's like, Oh, this world war two movie, you know, like, Oh, biopic. Like, Oh yeah. My dad will watch that. It was over two hours. Wow. Uh, so we all so sit. You're punishing yourself <laughs> yes. too. And well, the person who was most pissed was my husband. Cause he had actually already seen it. Like oh, no one else had no. seen it, but he was like, he was like, I have to say this again. I was like, we have to. <laughs> also like that's so aptly named. I know. It's so perfect. It's so on the nose. Um, so was this last year? This was two years, two years ago. ago. Okay. So the movie ends and we have dinner. My dad, the whole time, like one of us is holding the dog. So my dad's just like, oh, Sammy's just being cuddly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so are you constantly thinking about the dog? Yes. Constantly. Yeah. Like not really watching the movie. Like you're, you're very, very focused. I mean, like I was dog. right next to the dog. So I was like, and like I had my hand like very gently like on his chest. So I was like, all right, he's breathing. He's, you know what I mean? Wow. Like, so, so I was just worried. like, okay, as long as that, like, but that was just like, as long as this is happening, then everything's fine. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that's, yeah. that's what my was doing. So then my dad goes to feed the dogs and he's like, oh, Sammy hasn't eaten yet. And just like looked at him and his eyes were so bloodshot. And he's like, what's wrong with Sammy? And they're, we're like, we don't know. And he's like, all right. So like he calls the vet, like he has like his doctor and the doctor's like, uh, take him to this, take him to this animal hospital. So I go with my dad to the animal hospital. And for some reason, like I carried uh, Sammy to the car and I don't know why, but I ended up sitting in the back seat. My dad's sitting in the front. So as we're driving there, <laughs> like an Uber. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My sister like is texting me. She's like, you have to tell him you have to tell him. Like, I know, I know I'm going to tell him. So uh, on our way to the hospital, I say to my dad's like, dad, uh, I had some pot cookies that I think Sammy ate some of them. You and think? he was like, <laughs> yeah. And he was like, uh, and he goes, did you feed them to him? And I was like, no, like, I'm not going to waste my drugs on your dog. <laughs> anyway, so he's he's like, he's like very quiet. Like he didn't, I was like expecting like a big freak out. But what was funny is like, so we pull into like this, this like animal hospital place and like he immediately gets out and takes the dog and he's like, I'll take Sam. Like I will hold my, you, I don't want you to hold my dog. Uh-huh. But um, <laughs> the dog is kind of heavy and my dad's not as young as he used to be. <laughs> So, like, before we got to the actual hospital, I had to take the dog back from my father. <laughs> so, anyway, we walk in, and there's a, a very sweet young receptionist. Again, it's Christmas Eve at this animal hospital. Yeah. Are you feeling like the drug addict's son? Yo, yeah. I'm feeling terrible. But, anyway, so we walk up, and she's like, hey, you know, she's very nice. She's like, what can I do for you? What's, you know, what's going on? And I and I just go, like, uh, uh, our dog ate some 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 food that had THC in it and she just sort of like laughed she's like oh that's all right she's like you know have a seat she's just like all right let's fill out you know like just like go, fill out the paperwork and stuff like that also I like that you said THC like it's so medical right right you guys get the jargon we could talk. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so uh, this is because this happens all the time. You guys aren't even the first people to come in today with this. Wow. Um, so everybody's bringing pot home for Christmas. And <laughs> yeah, the dogs, and are, the dogs are eating it. it. Pets are eating it. Because here's the thing, because like another like another nurse came later to like take some vitals and then like bring them back to the room, you know, to meet the actual doctor. And uh, <laughs> that nurse, when she came over, she just like looked at him and she was like, oh, that dog is stoned. <laughs> <laughs> Because what was he doing at that point? He was still just... He just was, like, super blood red eye. Like, his eyes were so bloodshot. And he was just, like, weak and, like, you know, obviously, like... And, you know, it's the thing that I feel bad for something like that because it's not like... Like, if you ate... Like, if I had pot cookies and you ate two of them, I could be like, oh, my God, Allie, I'm so sorry. You ate two cookies. You're going to be really high for, like, a couple hours and I'm really sorry, but I'll... You know, and you could be like, all right, and you know what's happening. The dog is like, what is happening to the world? He's higher than he's ever been. He's never been high. He doesn't know what he's done. He doesn't know when it's going to end. He doesn't know what what anything is happening. Uh And he's a dog. You can't talk him down. Right. You can't do anything other than just, like, pet him and, like, just be nice to him. But actually, this nurse, when she was like taking some vitals, you know, whatever, she actually she said, uh, thank you for being so honest with us. She goes, most people aren't. She says they somehow think that like we call the cops on people or stuff like that. She goes, but what ends up happening is apparently like the symptoms that, you know, he had. Mm -hmm. It's either the dog ate some weed or he has this very specific brain disease that costs a lot of money to test for. Whoa, that seems like a trap for all kids going back to visit their parents. It's like the test. But it's like, but it's like, so like there'll be people who come in and are like, we think your dog ate some weed, but the person's not saying that because they're scared that they're going to get in trouble. So then they have to be like, okay, we can run this test. You know, it's like, you know, if your dog, if you're sure your dog did not eat weed, then we can run this test, but it will cost this money. And they, they most times people are like, oh, actually, you know, there might have been my, you know, my teenager might have had, you know what I mean? Like, they're yeah. like, it is just like, we don't care. You know what I mean? Like, th- it's that thing of like, doctors like, just tell me the truth. Because if you tell me the truth, I can help you. Yeah, right. And that's, <clears throat> so you were able to say the truth before even getting to that point. You, yeah. you said it in the car. Yeah. That's and nice. I was also was just like, yeah, I wasn't going to lie to the doctors. Although they were like, how many cookies do you think you had? I said, I think maybe five or six. I still couldn't say the number. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't really even say the number to me because I was like eight and you were like, maybe. <laughs> I know. And it's like recorded. <laughs> um, so uh, the doctor came in and the doctor was very nice. And uh, said, she's like, I'm just worried about uh, making sure he's hydrated. So Sammy spent the night at the hospital, but he came back the next day. He was totally fine. Um, but anyway, so as we're driving home, I'm driving home with my dad, not no Uber style. Sammy. Okay, you're sitting <laughs> no in the Sammy. front seat. Yeah, yeah. And we're actually just like laughing and just like joking and just being very like, oh, you know, da da. Um, and everything was so and I was like, okay, that's good. Like, you know, and I felt bad for him. Obviously, like he loves his dogs and I love the dog too. I didn't mean like I didn't do anything to the dog, but and it's a terrible thing. I was still pissed at the dog a little bit for eating so many of my cookies. Yeah, there's but, a lot <laughs> going on. There's a lot right. going on on Christmas Eve. <laughs> right. Um, so anyways, but like right, like we pull into the driveway, my dad turns off the car, and then he just goes, if you have any more cookies, get them out of my damn house now. <laughs> and then, like, he gets out of the car, goes to the house, and never speaks of it again. Oh, wow. And Sa- is Sammy still with us? Sammy's great. Totally fine. Well, yeah, I mean, I think weed does help. That trip, who knows what he thought of. But <laughs> yeah. He, he could be better for it. What if it was like, Sammy's going to school now. He's back to school. It's really good. <laughs> really turned him around. That's our show. Special thanks this week to Libby Spears at Blueprint Films. Our theme music is by Danny Janino, and our art is by Jen Hamilton. Thanks for listening.